welcome this December King Podcast. It's your boy Roddy Perry King himself. And you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast with humans simply being humans. And I have back with me a one of my favorites that I've had on the pod, and we are in the same room. First off, because all of these episodes are obviously, you know, you're hearing this in 2021, so I want to congratulate you for making it to the other side. You're in the future now, baby. You feel me? Congrats to you. And um, <laughs> But uh, I have had this woman on the podcast, I believe, three times, this being the fourth. And um, yeah, three times, this being the fourth. You can listen to the Claim Your Baggage episode, which was the first one. You can listen to my Me, Myself, and Love episode, which was the second. And the uh, When I Get Right episode, which was the third. And um, so you can only imagine why I keep bringing her back. So if you are listening and seeing the name yet again that you've seen before, I have with me the incomparable, the loving, the amazing V. How you doing? And like, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good, girl. I'm doing good. I'm so glad that uh, we in the same space. I think hell it's yeah! Be very monumental. Hell yeah! It's it definitely it's definitely um, five years. It'll be five years. It made I made it five years in um 2020. Um, it'll be six years um in what yes September, um of 2021. And so like, it was it was necessary. It was necessary. And I think in a year like this. Hell yeah! When it, when in a year where we can't be close, right? Let's get close. Yeah, let's share that energy. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it popping because there's no telling. Um, there's no telling. You know, just what the world is about to look like. What quote unquote people are considering. Uh, keep talking about what new normal is or what normal is and all these different things. And I think it's interesting. Because so many people have, uh, I'm saying this early in the pandemic, it's like, I was like, I, I get it. There's a lot of folks going through a lot of shit, but y'all also need to realize, like, it was a lot of people who were going through their own personal pandemics prior to all this shit. Right. Didn't know how they was going to pay rent. Right. Health was trash. Um, didn't have enough toilet paper. Didn't have enough resources. And this was when every everything else was moving. Right. And those individuals, those people were being ignored. And now that everybody, we all are in, quote unquote, this communal, varying degrees, obviously, of what I would like to call distress, on a, at least at a point it felt like a global level. Now it feels kind of, you know, like it just really depends on what side of the globe that you're sitting on, how your life is right now. But first, how are you? Um, I'm in a, uh, a place of... I'm in transition. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. And I know <clears throat> in a lot of contexts, I can, you know, different forms of connotations to that can just be, you know, misperceived and open to many forms of interpretation. But most, most importantly, um, I think everyone came into 2020 with their own vision of how they wanted it to go, what they wanted to execute, mm-hmm. and the type of goals that they wanted to achieve. And then... Yeah. The universe was just like, yeah, nah, I think I got a a grander, like, vision I need everybody to tap into. Yep. Um, at beginning, I thought, I was like, this, this shit sucks. Um, I think mostly because the way that it was presented, it was presented with so much fear. Yes. That it caused everyone so much 
displacement and they didn't know what exactly they were displaced like displaced about so um it was kind of rough but then i decided that you know for this particular journey that i'm on i was just gonna surrender mm. and that has been probably the most it kind of like catapulted me into like this different light of alignment and what I mean by that was, you know, I surrendered to the most high. Yeah. I surrendered to the process. Mm-hmm. I surrendered to the universe. And I just stopped trying to mold where my life was into what I wanted it to be. Mm. Because I found that I was getting so attached to the destination. And yeah. I was forgetting to smell the roses along the way. Yeah. So living in the moment... Um, is kind of where I've been with this particular transition. It's just like, you know, you wake up to a new day and you want to be able to just embrace what it's going to give you. And I've realized that I was missing a lot of signs that was just telling me, like, you're off track, you're off track. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just slow down because you get caught up on everybody else's time. Yeah. You're trying to race with people you don't damn know. Yeah. Um, and you just trying to make sure that you have enough things that you can broadcast about to get gratification for where you're at. Yep. And um, I found that that stunted my growth in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Primarily because I was getting so wrapped up in the celebratory phase of my growth. Yeah. You know, you set certain goals for yourself or you obtain a certain level of growth. Or maybe you tap into an entirely do like new frequency and you're just like, all right, you know, let me voice about it. Let me see whom else I can connect with that's up here. Let's yeah. celebrate. Let's just like ravish in the glory of this. And then you forget like, hey, you still have some growing to do. Um, so I've been silent. Mm. I've been unloading to download to unlearn to relearn. Mm. And it's just been a lot of um, taking out a lot of outdated things. And most importantly, cutting ties to past versions of myself. Damn. As I found that when I'm in a certain space and I feel like I can't get comfortable with it. Yeah. Or I don't feel like I can adapt to it. I revert back to a past version of myself because Mm -hmm. I know how to operate out of that. And I know how I can transcend out of that into whatever is coming and um, I think that's where a lot of my anxiety comes from. I just just like, yeah, I got to cut ties to that. And mm. cutting ties to those included people, yeah. situations, mm-hmm. um, memorabilia. Yeah. You know, I think we forget how we attach certain things to it. So it can be anything from food, TV, music, mm-hmm. social media. Yeah. That holds those, that kind of molding uh, or that tethered form of invisible umbilical cord to old past versions of yourself so i've just Mm. been like eliminating that and just standing firm in who i am right now and um yeah getting to know her and just seeing what she's about what's new like what type of new things has she been able to access with the universe because it's it's showing up and it's showing out and it's just like you can catch it or you can miss it you just never know how long it's going to take for it to come back full circle yeah i think um I think it's intriguing that um, to me, I take this year as uh, one that was uh, presented so many different truths. Mm. Um, Truths um, with self, but also externally as well. You know, I think no matter what level or where your focus is in, 
I think so many different truths were revealed, you know, for so many people who work, especially work some type of traditional office environment, you know, you probably would, would hope and wish you had the option to literally just stay your ass at home and work from there because your, your job feels so mundane. Mm-hmm. Like, I can do this from anywhere. This doesn't matter. We can't do this from anywhere. You have to do this in the office until 2020 came. And now it's like, yeah, we got to put y'all up. We got to make this happen. And yeah, you can just take your computer home. Yeah. <laughs> and then can I think the biggest thing that I feel like I've spoken to a lot in 2020 uh, was just having that uh, that good old button push for everybody to get some money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit really tripped me the hell out. Because in my head, I'm like, this is the least bureaucratic political thing I feel like I've ever witnessed. Where it was, you didn't have to go and sign up some shit. There wasn't a million things you had to go check and balance. No, if you filed your taxes, then you're going to get this money no matter what. They're not verifying if your bank changed. And I know and I know someone who literally still got money even though they knew that they had a different bank from the time that they filed. So they, what they got in their return earlier in the year versus what they got for that $1,200 were two different banks and they never said anything. So I was like, oh, okay. So they know, obviously they got all the information. They know, they, ah, okay, cool. Yeah. But that's bullshit, you know, because it's like, in my head, I'm thinking about the individuals who more than likely needed aid and needed things and just needed so much. And just, you could just press a button and chip, you know, chip in, you know, just make fucking $2 trillion, just fall out the sky and, and it not matter. It was like, oh, so we can just do that? I ain't know y'all can do that. Just make $2 trillion, just pop out. Regardless of the reason, it's like, are we going to pay this back? How, how does this work? Right. Because how y'all presented every other thing as if money doesn't, we can't just make money pop out of nowhere to fix an issue or fix a problem. Yeah. And in my head, I'm thinking $2 trillion, what could what could have $2 trillion went prior to any other year in, in 20, any other year prior to 2020? And it's like, that's crazy to think about. But nevertheless, a truth that I accept and I felt like I already, you know, had a sense of a little bit <laughs> like it's yeah. like the solutions are there. It's about the people in the positions um, not choosing to make those moves and do those things. But the conversation I wanted to have with you is one that I, I think if anything I've learned about having a conversation with you V is I don't ever have to plan too much. <laughs> and I like that because I don't do that often. And I don't think I do that with anyone that I've had on my podcast because, um, Nine times out of ten, I feel like I definitely have to, you know, approach it with a sense of guidance, approach it with a sense of like really, you know, keeping the nerves down and making, you know, making folks comfortable to express what I know that I can get out of them. Like mm-hmm. truly believing in your perspective, truly believing in what you have to say, knowing that your words and your opinions are valid. And I think out the gate, you already gave me that. So I was like, all right, it's going to be easy then. I just got to talk. <laughs> yeah. I just got to talk, you know? And Towards the end of the year, we had the uh, the winter solstice, but also the Jupiter-Saturn um, conjunction, the great conjunction, as they called it. And I believe it was, a, it was a gaggle of other things that they pointed out, talking about, you know, it's been, you know, 400-some years since this happened, since the solstice and the conjunction happened the same day, and then it was another 800 years between this and that, when this happened at the same time. So it was a lot of different things. And what came out of that was uh, the internet 
seeing that we about to get some superpowers because it's going to be <laughs> this conjunction, these electromagnetic waves happening because of this star and this constellation happening, all these different things. And I thought it was interesting. I thought it was incredibly interesting because I feel like the first time I even heard the word conjunction used out of the <laughs> used in that particular context was by you on this podcast. You know, when you were speaking on the Pluto, Pluto Saturn, the Pluto Saturn conjunction, right? Mm-hmm. So, I really would love to know <laughs> how was it uh, for you. Let's get this part out of the way. Uh, when when the solstice was coming. Because I, I can only imagine that people, you know, in your um, circles was coming to you and speaking to you. And also, just it was just intriguing to hear people even speak about, honestly, astrology as if it was, you know, something that y'all cared about every other day of the week, you know? Right. Um, I think, well, first, we'll, we'll kind of, like, talk about the significance of each of the two. And then yes. I guess we'll just dive into how that impacted me um so the winter solstice is a it's a celebratory phase of the darkest days in the year yes um but the importance of that is you know we then have to branch into the importance of duality Mm. and balance Mm -hmm. um this particular one because of the way that it occurred and the other things that were taking place it was it holds so much significance because if you harnessed the energy from it correctly it's going to impact and influence your life for the next 20 years um particularly being it was a time for you to go in and like to literally clear out house you know it was about reflection recreation rejuvenation and honestly taking that time to you know essentially assess the things that has been causing you spiritual blocking Hmm. you know what has your chi messed up um what chakras do you need to spend most time on so that you can awaken your kundalini and, you know, access the different higher frequencies? Because, you know, the general population only knows about the chakras within yourself, but there are like 32 of them. Mm. Most of them ascending above you and below you. Mm. Um, but you can't access those until you access all the ones that are within you. And um, this particular winter solstice was a, uh, it had it had it and i know a lot of people felt it Mm because you would notice a lot of people were beginning to isolate themselves or they were beginning to you know um, show characteristics of being distant or just birdie yet just feeling this overwhelming desire to just be alone yeah and the importance of that was you know and we'll talk more about it as i'm sure we'll converse is you know having those harsh conversations with yourself and really oh. taking the time to look at your shadow self. Yeah. Um, but with that winter solstice and the Saturn and Jupiter conjunction, it kind of just magnified things because um, as I touched on on our last conversation briefly was just the importance of Saturn being back in its own zodiac and how all the energy that it's, came, it's bringing is just so magnified right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find it mostly in people having this innate desire to plan, mm. to assess their goals in a, in a structured manner where they're moving their intent and their actions to be on the same frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, some people set, you know, they do actions that may be of a lower vibration than their actual intentions because they're not allowing themselves to access that that new level of, of consciousness and, uh, you know, 
ultimately being awakened to the things that they know that they are truly able to access with themselves. Mm. Um, with Jupiter in particular, Jupiter is opening up our throat chakras and our communication, yeah. um, which is so important because particularly in our community, in the black community, there's such a disconnect with communication. You know, sure. a lot of people are housing in things that they genuinely need to be talking to somebody about. Mm -hmm. And it don't have to be a therapist. It could be a friend. It could be a companion, a dog. You, you need to talk about it. And we're in such a heavily influenced space right now where it's just that communication is there. And, I, mm -hmm. and I'm finding that that in itself is making people more comfortable to have those harsher conversations with yeah. themselves, um, which is ultimately tapping back into that duality where our community is saturated with toxic hyper-masculinity, it's, mm -hmm. it's overwhelmingly impacting the females in our community now. Because now we're all tapping into, we need to just harness this masculine energy, this masculine energy. And the divine feminine is just depleting in its existence. Um, so... I'm finding that to be something that a lot of people are tapping into now, which mm. is the feminine energy. Mm. And that in itself is so non-binary and it, it has nothing to do with sexuality as yeah. much as it has to do with you ultimately obtaining that level of balance with yourself. Yeah. You know, are you willing to acknowledge that you are your biggest ally against your shadow self? No one is coming to save you. When you find yourself in those depressive states or... Your anxiety is overwhelming to the point where you can't even think straight. You're not communicating with anybody. Mm -hmm. So no one knows you're going through that. So you can't expect anyone to come and save you. Exactly. So what do you do in those times when you find yourself lurking behind the shadows of your own self? Mm -hmm. You have to become your own light. And you know, love can fit in fear, but fear can't fit in love. Mm -hmm. And I've been moving on that concept because I'm like, you know, I can't house fear and love. Mm -hmm. So you choose love and you start to realize that anything that causes you so much displacement and that in itself has to go with everyone's different type of connotations with things that are good and bad because what you might consider to be good, I might mm -hmm. consider to be bad mm -hmm. and vice versa. It's about awakening your consciousness to be able to access a different level of discernment that way that you can navigate through this human experience how you're supposed to. Yeah. And, you know, revert yourself back to, like, your divine soul purpose and genuinely accessing what it is you are here to do. Yeah. Everyone has a purpose. Um, some people may not be on the front line of the spiritual war. Some people might be the healers. You know, the people that have the ability to stand between the already both physical and spiritual thinning of the veil between us and the spiritual realm. Yeah. Um, this year has definitely shown that that is, that exists because mm -hmm. now we've all had no choice but to sit the hell down. And once people realize they can't distract themselves with all of this materialistic, physical distractions that yeah. they have for us, they're like, Oh shit. You know, yeah. I'm actually really uncomfortable with myself. Yeah, spending 24 hours with yourself is, is right. something all of us kind of got a chance to do. And then you realize, I'm like, damn, this relationship really ain't working. We just mm -hmm. trying to make some shit work that ain't working. Mm -hmm. And so you're just finding yourself in these in these situations where you're just like, 
having to look at the reflections that you have set around yourself mm. and seeing if the perspective that you are getting back is the one that truly harnesses in on your potential. Yeah. Um, or if it's just bouncing back your flaws and just keeping you so stagnant and in a place of just repetitive bad behaviors and outdated versions of yourself and then just ultimately having that ability to access some type of pathway out of that. Yeah. So much. So I know. Much. But but I think that that's to me I think um that's the level of depth that we that I, honestly that's the type of shit that get me up in the morning, you know what I'm saying? Because I started going to therapy uh lad well now in 20 19 I'm gonna say it like that now in 2019 and um what was interesting about that was the level of introspection that I already had that I brought into that and what I seen in myself mm-hmm. and um it's just trippy damn near to think about how how so many things can really go um really go un, un untended to yeah. You know, and um, especially for people who are extremely confident, especially for people who present themselves to have it all together. Um, there's reasons to all those things. There's a cause and effect. Um, there is a method of maintaining that uh, that presentation. And I think. Um, to me, I always feel like it's the most humbling thing to learn and to find out, you know, that, you know, we all got pain. We all have struggles. We all, you know, we all have a story. And um, I love that, though. I love that. And I, and I realized with him, I was, I asked him, I was like, is being like real deep a thing? Or did I just make that <laughs> shit up for myself? He was like, no, no, no. People, some people are very comfortable, you know, taking their minds and their thought processes to a very, you know, a, a relatively more shallow place. Um, and that's okay. A lot of some people, a lot of people do well doing that. But you wanting, you desiring this sense of, you know, multifaceted, multi-layered conversation and exploration of yourself and, um, and just of your mind in general when you just approach ideas. So it's a beautiful thing. And it definitely will come to use for sure because we need all we need all versions of people in that way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I love this type of shit. I love this type of shit. But I think it was interesting. And I, what I wrote to you in, my, uh, in the outline was something that I feel like, you know, really only you might really get and understand (laughs) and uh, be able to kind of like help me interpret and speak to it. And that is um, I was speaking to um, this balance, this balance that is uh, kind of the good and the um, quote unquote good, neutral and indifferent, because I feel that uh, quite often we Ever since I learned what the true, I guess, opposite of what love was, because I think quite often, I think, I don't know if I say I ever said this on the pod before. I feel like I probably did. But I remember sitting in a, um, a religion class with my mom because she went back to school um, when I was uh, in high school. And I remember sitting in that class and a professor was asking the whole class, like, what do you all think the opposite of love is? And everyone obviously, you know, a lot of people obviously jumped out and was like, hate, 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 hate. Uh, somebody was trying to be clever and say, you know, is it this? <laughs> Just something random. But he came back and was like, it's an indifference. He was like, it's truly no love at all. 
He was like, hate is still a form. Hate is a variation. Hate is a is still a presentation of the thing because he was and the way he explained it really, really drove the point home. He was like, when you love someone, you think about them. They invoke you to want to do something. They invoke actions and emotions out of you. When you hate someone, you think about them. They invoke actions and make you want to do something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you can't say that you can't uh, you can't remove their uh, this this passion and this intensity out of this uh, particular emotion that you either um, that was presented to you and you leaned into once it once it came up. And so what I wrote was the balance that is good and evil, um, good, neutral, and indifferent. Excuse me, um, and evil is only born out of remaining in those negative spaces and which is human. And I think it's okay to find yourself in these darker, darker spaces and places because of the uncontrollables. But I think it's, um, truly in our best efforts, we can just like you said, bring ourselves out of that. And um, recognize and be that light for ourselves. And um, and I truly feel like a lot of people, and I think a lot of individuals who are going to come out of who can come out of 2020 in higher spirits than probably when they came in or the way the year had went, are going to be able to guide a lot of people to be able to do the same thing, to bring themselves and be the light that they needed to be. Because just as there were so much despair and distress and, um, and negativity. Um, there was a lot of people who had those wins, a lot of people who had where something really positive happened for them and they didn't even know how to kind of take it in. Yeah. It's almost like a diminishing thing because, and I think that's the crazy thing about life. It's like, regardless of where you are, where the world is, you might, you might win when everybody losing, mm-hmm. you might lose when everybody winning, but what do you do with that? You know? And, um, Regardless, I think that's just a reminder of that you really are running your own race. You really are, you know, in in, in your own kind of a universe to a certain degree that you have to manage on your own. Yeah, you still have to manage regardless of the people around you. And I feel like we see that all the time when people, the older we get, the more we see our parents as people. The the you know children are come out come out into this world with personalities, but yet we're trying to treat them as you know, lesser versions of us mm-hmm. as if they, if they, as if they don't already have all these different uh, elements to them. Um, and then we get shocked when they do things that's like, I guess, quote unquote, too, too grown or, or advanced beyond their years as if they're not living in the same world as us, as if they don't have this similar essence, as if they can't be inspired and, and pick up the same things. And um, all those things always intrigue the hell out of me. And in this year, I think I've leaned so much into trying to figure out what that light looks like for me and what is necessary for me to lean in and better yeah, I take the words you use, surrender to the things that I feel like I'm either um, trying to overanalyze, attempting to try to, you know, have a, a masterful plan before approach, mm-hmm. um, allowing them to be, allowing myself to be. Um, and, and fortifying other parts of me so that I'm literally just truly just going into this and allowing myself to move 
and adapt. But nevertheless, I would love to know in terms of moving forward, because you say you're in transition, is there an ultimate end goal that you already feel? Or do you feel that that is something that you are open to discover? Um, it's already in the works. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, I kind of, in doing that um, level of surrender, I had this kind of awakening mm. where essentially I had to come to terms with um, what is and what has always been, and mm. that is the power of my voice mm. and my words. Mm-hmm. And, um, yep. It caused me to go into this sense of like spiritual retreat inward and develop a intimate relationship with vulnerability. Mm. I think a lot of people find themselves lacking accessibility to having a very um, put being fragile with themselves. Mm. Um, you know, we expect to unload with someone in the in the events that they may be the first people to show us vulnerability. Yeah. And it needs to be with ourselves. Mm. And once you're able to be vulnerable with yourself, you'll have that level of discernment as I was speaking of earlier to know how much of that others can have accessibility to. Um, so something's in the works. Um, you and I will probably talk about it in in the later evening and um, then we'll probably do kind of a special where we talk about it. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> and I Look, think I, and, and it's kind of one of those things where it's just like, you know, if you know you're an individual that's supposed to serve. Yeah. Um, between the time I was born and my natal chart, what my name actually means, what I've always been drawn to do, my name literally means healer. Mm. And I was born and I actually had a very intimate conversation with an astrologist and he kind of confirmed it. Um, so, yeah, I have a lot of healing work in the process. And mm-hmm. right now I'm making sure that I am my my test subject for it. And as of right now, it's been super therapeutic. Yeah. Um, I think against all the things that's happened to me this year, that's why it's just, it's, it's beautiful to smile and just know that I'm just genuinely content and happy with it because I'm, I'm not allowing myself to be a victim to my experiences, yeah. but rather a student to yes. life. And I think once you're able to change that perspective, mm. that's when you'll start to see there be a shift in your mental space because once you change the mind it unlocks everything else yes emotional healing spiritual growth physical alignment and um it all starts with the mind yeah i agree i agree um at this time by the time this comes out one thing that i've already put into um put into the world put some type of organization on is uh a hundred days of self love, mm. and I've like done it. I've done it to essentially. I've broken down the aspects, aspects of restraint, aspects of exploration, 
aspects of uh, creation. And within all those things is kind of these very affirming phrases or affirming actions that I will commit myself to um, in terms of building discipline, in terms of learning new parts of myself and learning something new um, about my ability, about things I already know that, that I do well, the things that I never even tried, um, things I never even tasted, things I never even seen, things I never even felt, um, but also creating as well, building the habit, sharpening the sword, um, using the pens, turning the pages, doing the things. Um, and overall, I'm really excited about it because um, I think it's the first time in my life where I'm not making myself obligated to anything outside of myself in this very, I don't know, very broad sense of that. Like where I'm open to romance with my whole ass. You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like prior to <laughs> prior to this year, prior to you know my most previous relationship in this year, I feel like that was who I was and I attached so much of my identity to that. Mm. I saw, attached so much of who I am to how great of a man I could be for someone else. Mm. And, and I think in moments, in natural, innate moments, I think I did things for myself. Um, I think I presented myself well, but I think the motivation was still felt uh, like it was still outside of me, mm-hmm. you know, um, like this is going to benefit not just me if I know how to do this mm-hmm. too many times, too many things where that that was the motivation. So I, I feel you. I feel you on that. I truly do. And I've just like I said to uh, Andrew just the other day is that um in 2020, I learned how much I learned a lot about the gifts that I possessed, I guess. And I think I started to speak to them a lot more often. And by going to therapy and self-reflection and journaling, just writing so many different things. I don't know. I think I just truly felt like, I don't know, awakened to the point of accepting the grandiose ideals of myself. Because I feel like for so long, even though I've walked around with this moniker of king and all these different things, I think I still um, was giving just a part. And that part was sufficient to whomever. It it, it did the damn job. Um, Charisma has got me so far in life. And I can only imagine where, what's going to happen when I allow my passions to really ignite and really um, lead me to a certain degree. And um, and that's what I feel about this. I want to spend the first hundred days of the year just uh, feeding into myself. Um, And within that time, I'm starting businesses. I'm creating the things. I'm still going to be obviously podcasting and collaborating more because I certainly feel like I see exactly what I possess and how I can use that even more now. I know, I know I've, I've seen it in myself and I've proved it to myself so many times now that I can't even deny it. And it's like, yeah, you can't even say this isn't something that you know how to do. You can't even say that you can't uh, just talk about these particular things or help and assist others 
uh, either in storytelling or just trans uh, transferring their messaging and translating it through whatever medium. Um, and it feels good. It feels really good. And I think where you where you are in terms of it feeling great and feeling good, I think I'm certainly on the uh, it feels like the commencement of that for me. You know, like I feel like this feels good. This feels feels a lot a uh, lot lighter than where where I'm at now, and and I think that's why I'm, I don't know. I think that's why I'm truly intrigued to lean into it even more, and, and like you said, surrender into it. And um, but I think the motivation around it to plan, to write these things down, to set these things ahead, to commit myself to is I don't know, because I feel like I've gotten so many tools to be able to do that now. Things I've learned, books I've read, and um, where I find the things that align with me the most, you know? A lot of tangible shit, really. I really fuck with a lot of tangible, ritualistic things now, way more than ever. Because I think before, I, I didn't realize how much it didn't, I don't know, uh, resonate. It was like, all right, just pray, believe, and just be all right. You know what I'm saying? And for me, it was like, I want to do something. Yeah, I, I want to do something, though. Like, I, I was like, I, I think I was too, I was too much of a tactile child and still a tactile adult. I want to, I want to feel like I am truly embodying the intention that I want mm-hmm. to bring into my life. And, um, yeah, so like, just in terms of meditation, in terms of, you know, tapping in and, and understanding the type of energies that I wanted around myself, the type of energies I wanted to, to keep on me in terms of protections, I, all those different things is truly intrigued the hell out of me more than ever. And I think I've only gotten pieces of those things yeah. prior to that. And, um, yeah, this year was kind of just a way to lean into that in a full, full, full sense of it. And it feels good. And I feel like I'm able, because of that, which segues into our next point, because of that, I feel like I'm the example of how how the rest of my family could possibly heal themselves. Mm. Um, going to therapy and talking about it to people who may either be hesitant or whatever. I certainly have a lot of people around me who have started to go, started to talk, started to speak, started to analyze the relationships around them and truly assess to make themselves and make themselves better and make their lives better. Um, because I, I don't know. I feel like I demystify certain certain aspects of it. Because I think, at least what I've discovered in therapy was, I present myself to be this person who has it together, so no one ever comes to my aid. Like Rodney, you got it. This then the third. Why? You don't need. I didn't think you needed anything. You didn't say nothing. I thought you had it. And like, that part was so interesting to me. Because it was speaking to all the positives that I learned about myself almost came up in therapy to feel like negatives to me. Mm. Because you present to be a person who is very well put together, um, had, you know, organized, whatever, whatever. All right. But that means I don't see a reason to help you. I don't see a reason to uh, come to your aid in these particular ways because you're good. You're good. I'm going to help the help, the helpless. Yeah. And but then when it came to other aspects of me, those negative aspects of me, I had to realize how have these things been coming up into my life? And um, that was when I realized, you know, my my sense of being self-absorbed, my sense of being 
you know, having this very large and um, immobile presence to fill up the room and not really make space for anyone else, uh, depending on depending on the, the, the energy in the moment. But I think all those things helped me realize, like, OK, great. I need to um, learn how to be present because I feel like so often I drift so often. I'm everywhere, and I think people didn't mind it because it was entertaining. Mm. Just because it presented so well. Yeah. Telling a story, telling a joke, keeping interest, having an antidote, whatever it is, people accepted it. But in reality, it was me not <clears throat> wanting to sit into where I really was at, where I was at, at in that particular moment. And, um, and I'm learning all those things now. And it feels... Extremely interesting. <laughs> it does. To like know that about myself, understand my sense of detachment in certain aspects, and um, and be able to express that to my family who possess a lot of those same same, same energies. Um, because it, it definitely came from somewhere. And um, I'm seeing it. And I'm seeing the differences. And I'm seeing how they are handling a similar thing that we all kind of possess. I would love to know because you didn't come into this world alone. <laughs> and not only did you not come into this world alone, but you also uh, have a great relationship with your, with your system. But more than that, I would love to know what you've seen in terms of, I guess the, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't say, generational uh, curses, but I guess those qualities that you see you, your sister, your family possess. Um, and what I guess what have you done with that awareness, uh, coming into awareness of any of those things? Um, being a twin has definitely been, um, you know, a lot of people touch on how they, they admire it, but it comes with a lot of work. Mm. <laughs> Tell them about it. Particularly because um, she and I have the exact same nail chart. Damn. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 this kind of like replicated mirror. Yes. But you know how when you put a mirror up against itself, it just creates this infinite mm-hmm. reflection of itself. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what ultimately is produced when it comes to she and I and mm-hmm. it gives me the opportunity to see myself in different perspectives in mm-hmm. different lights but particularly pertaining to generational curses it also has had the ability to demonstrate the different ones that she and I have access to mm-hmm. um, some of the bad patterns and bad habits and outdated programming that she's been able to retain I haven't been able to retain. So it's interesting that she and I have the ability to see that and then ultimately know how our individual soul paths <laughs> align together to be able to ultimately end those curses. I'll go as much as to mention that um, she had a Reiki done. And if you've never had a Reiki done, please get a Reiki done. I those need things, to. Those things? Hmm. You spoke about how having that tangible um, spiritual experience. Yeah. 
It's like that, huh? Yeah. It puts a lot of things in perspective. Mm. Um, but most more most importantly is um, after she had her session done, which was like an hour and 90 minutes, please see uh, Saray with Women of Light over at EB Farm Oasis. Amazing. <laughs> um, she's amazing because after her session, you know, I was in the lobby. I was with my niece mm-hmm. and she came out and she's like, let me talk to you real quick. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um and just so everybody get a general gist of what a Reiki done is, they basically do energy therapy to see where your energy is harnessing in within your chakras, mm-hmm. just to see which ones need work. And they're even able to tell you like health problems, all with the help of aromatherapy and just energy work. It's a beautiful experience. But she pulled us aside and she was just like, you all's connection is beyond synergy Mm. and she was like it's hard to explain but when i was in there i seen the two of you and she pointed to me and my niece who was four months and adorable as hell um she's like i seen the two of you and she told my sister that her daughter knows her from a past life Mm. and she's more than a daughter to her so that in itself kind of puts into perspective how much on a grander scale it was to be born with someone. Mm. Um, she and I used to joke about how one of us was being presented to come back to Earth and the other one was like, well, shit, you're not going without me. And we kind of like <laughs> jump into the portal together. Which brings me to the importance of this new Disney movie, Soul. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I love it. I need to watch it again. I need to watch it again too because yeah, because I feel I like say, it's someone of me too. Yeah, I think I watched it and with the excitement of experiencing it, and I wasn't able to really genuinely access yes. the information that came from yes. it. Yes, but when I say they touching on some, mm-hmm. and shout out to the um, sound, the person of the soundtrack because I don't even know if you peeped that they had Erica Badu all through that. I didn't. A word you did not. So with that, um, it's a beautiful experience. She and I are both. Tech- tackling the I guess you would say the responsibility of pushing our family to essentially healing themselves Mm -hmm. um and with that you kind of take on that realization that it's it's going to take more than one person to heal the world yeah you know you heal yourself and you hope that it motivates those around you and close to you to want to heal themselves and then it just become like a popcorn thing where everybody's just popping into this consciousness and popping into the desire to heal themselves and get rid of this um victim save me type of facade that people are walking in yeah um because i i too at a very young age was like you know i'm not going to be a burden to my mom I'm going to get out here. I'm going to do what I got to do to support myself. And I'm just going to tackle on this thing called life so that I can be able to provide for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody's worries are just, I'm just going to take on this, this, this intense desire to fix the fucking world and fix yeah. my family and yeah. fix everyone's problems. Yeah. And then you begin to realize that no one's stepping in to be like, Hey, you okay over there? Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to check in, see, you know, how's this human experience going for you? <laughs> um, all right. You know, you just start to realize that those, that type of energy that you're investing into, into that isn't being reciprocated. And it's not a bad thing. Um, 
and it's not to shame those that 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 haven't done it but it's it, it taps into the deeper com- complexities of how important it is for you to understand your entry into the world um your purpose here and ultimately the levels in the different types of what's the word that i want to use i want to i don't want to speak on dimensions and i don't want to speak on realms but most importantly you know how your work here is supposed to set uh, set the stage for it to be understood how beautiful life is and Mm -hmm. i think it gets tainted so much with all the extra bullshit that's being presented to us and that be i.e being newly developed diseases uh politics structuring of religion um because now that people are starting to realize that the limitations that exist within religion ultimately is just different perspectives of the truth yeah and if you take the time and you look in each of them and you read these esoterics and you decide that you want to dive in you know and just really genuinely understand all of these stories and all of these things that predate us so that we can have access to this this ancestral realm as i would like to acknowledge this as um then you'll find that you know all of this is intended for you to be a follower of the truth. Mm. The truth in itself is so, it's so vague in content, but it's, it, it harnesses its own connotations and everyone is entitled to that truth. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the sweet nectar of this life is it's just like, all right, so what is the truth? What is yeah. your truth? Yeah. What is my truth? What is the universal truth? Um, so we have to start, stop limiting ourselves. Um, this great book called The Big Leap and he discusses like upper limitations mm-hmm. and how once we start to access certain things you know I'm good for it I've been having a really fucking amazing week I'm just you know casually stopped and I'm like alright this shit going too good mm-hmm. something bad is about to happen mm-hmm. I start to worry I start to bring out this anxiety and I'm just like for what like mm-hmm. why you know you're just praising how the universe is working for you, but why? And, and I'm upper limiting myself. I'm, I'm believing that I'm not worthy of the things that are coming to me or suggesting that my worth isn't eligible to access the things that are coming to me as I'm ascending into this new version of myself or this higher version of myself or this yeah. awakened consciousness of myself. And we just put these individual boundaries around ourselves and we forget to do that with other people. Mm. So we're just taking on these different perceptions of ourselves out of the light of someone either A, finding adulation out of you because they see your potential, or B, someone that is fawning themselves over you because they find your energy so detrimental to their growth that they're just going to attach themselves to you because they need you as some form of backup generator for the times that they get bad. Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of having that censorship and just bringing yourself into this pure alignment with accessibility um, how you're maintaining that, re- you sustaining it, the maintenance mm. of your energy. Mm. And that's so important because you can take on other people's shit and yeah. don't even realize it. Yeah. Like, that's not my energy. And that's why soul ties are important. And even that intimacy, intimate relationships are so important. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, you tie yourself to people in, in those manners. But other important things is to talk about is how breakups with friendships are just as important as breakup with romantic mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just 
carrying people along with you because of that history, because of those years that you have, you know, tethered to them and things of that nature. And sometimes you just have to like, why the fuck am I so angry with you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what, are, what, what is, what is this? Like, mm-hmm. why? Um, and those are part of those harsh conversations and opening up that line of communication. Yeah. Um, all of that to say that if I, I find that if, if a lot of people tapped into the necessities of eliminating the um, generational curses that we don't even realize that we are harnessing in, you'll find an uprising in financial literacy, mm-hmm. um, generational wealth, and just ultimately having the luxury of experiencing this human life at the capacity in which you want to. Yes. And I kind of briefly spoke about that in when I um, when I get it right episode that we did where I was saying about getting back to the art of simplicity. Yeah. And the simplicity of life um, and how important that is. And the beautiful thing about cultural appropriation is how when our community finds ourselves gearing towards something it causes for a whole mainstream influence and i don't even think we realize that yeah because once you have people that are tapping into we'll say for instance like veganism yeah how that just became so mainstream yeah i someone who hasn't had meat in three years and i just had me a bomb ass sandwich from starbucks because they had the impossible breakfast sandwich and i was like i'll try it i haven't been a fan of mock meats um I was like, you know what, I'll try it. And I did, and it was actually tasty. And I was like, this is interesting because when I was working for Starbucks, everything was just like, yeah, this it is what it is. Um, but we're seeing that form of mainstream influence where, yep. take for instance, like State Farm. Their commercials are centered around meditating. Like You can meditate with these new lower prices. And you're just seeing how, it's, how they're ensuring that they're still tapping in to the consciousness of people who are getting beside the form of mainstream influence. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, give or take, you know, veganism and meditation and spiritual work has always been something that the Caucasians have tapped into. Um, most formally, everyone considering like Pilates and yoga to be something that's like what white people do. But now that we've taken it and we've begun to harness it, everyone's like, oh, trap yoga. Or, you know, you know, hot box yoga and mm-hmm. things of this nature. And it's becoming a thing. And it's so beautiful because that's that fluidity of the physical form and your astral vessel being able to actually come into a, a sacred space of ultimately alignment is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I, I feel that once we're able to see past these generational curses and take ourselves out of the the state of mind that someone's supposed to come and save us, particularly the white man, um, i.e. everyone's infatuation with these stimulus checks, everyone's desire to ultimately have these appropriate representation of who they want in Congress. Once we step ourselves out of that, I think that's when we're going to start to see our community finally taking that uprise and finally being able to access those those new limits that gives us that level of freedom that we all are yearning for working for i'm glad i you took the word right out of my mouth because we we want that yeah everybody wants that everybody wants the freedom of their time and yeah 2020 has really showed the value of time yes 
and how like you can't you can't tap a currency on that Mm-mm. and how your energy is your greatest currency yep. and energy is money it is it is it is you 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 get you got your ass up <laughs> you you put that car you put your, some gas in your car to get somewhere to do a thing and i need you to keep doing that thing so that i whomever is uh getting up a lot later in the day to make so some I money. can go do my thing. So I can do my thing. Which is live my life. Yep. Yep. Encroaching on someone else's freedom to do so. Exactly. And it's amazing to think about that as a concept that we all ultimately are just trying to find our way to get to our own personal freedoms. And we compromise that so often by opting into pre-packaged, pre-fixed roles mm. that are so quote-unquote supposed to be okay or supposed to be all right or supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be decent because it comes with no worry, comes with whatever, whatever. So people choose careers, people choose jobs that feel safe, that feel secure. It brings about ultimate stability. And that brings about ultimate stability because you attach all those attributes of life to be the... Your own personal freedom. Mm-hmm. That's what you would describe to be your own personal freedom, even if you're not even using that vocabulary. And I think we, if anybody, I hope, I hope, uh, I know, I know, I'm not the only one. Realize how much, how much of those things really don't feed you. How much of those things really don't make you feel good. You know, a lot of people are motivated by money. A lot of people are motivated by this, this ideology. Oh, I gotta keep grinding. I gotta keep hustling. I gotta make sure I'm always moving, always active, and it's kind of like chasing the bag. Yeah, what, what's what is it? What is it about you that stands still? Is negative or or just um, the wrong action <laughs> about being present, about mindfulness, or just stillness in general? What about any of that? Are you rejecting hustle, man? You know what I'm saying? But I I, I fuck with that, and I, I think. You wrote something in the notes that I would love you speak to. Uh, and I think it's so deep. I didn't know this, but I certainly believe this. Um, and let me see. It says, 95% of who we are by the time we are 35 is a memorized set of behaviors, emotional reactions, unconscious habits, hardwired attitudes, beliefs, and perceptions that function like a computer program. Um, and I'm assuming this is the person you got it from, Joe Dispenza, right? Mm-hmm. Is that from a particular book or a journal that he did? Um, he's been, I've been following a couple of his YouTube videos where he's literally having these, I guess you can say TED Talks, mm-hmm. where he's talking about the emotional boundaries that we're placing ourselves within based on perpetual behaviors that we're used to Mm. and not tapping into the different complexities and ultimately um, not using the brain to its full capacity. Damn. Because the mind, if you do something a certain amount of times, the mind will be able to perform it better than the body can. That's why you say you have like muscle memory and things of that nature. Um, But essentially how... It's, it's so important to to rid yourself of those the, that level of things because you know there's certain circumstances where you find yourself 
having a certain different type of displacement with things and you just genuinely don't fucking know why. Mm. Finding mostly the most common thing I can reference would probably be politics. Mm -hmm. Who the hell said you was born to be a Republican? Yeah. But you grew up in a Republican home. Yeah. So you've taken on these beliefs. You've taken on this sense of kind of category, category that you're subjecting yourself to because of it's been programmed to you. It's what you've been exposed to. Same thing can happen for racism. Nobody's born fucking racist. Mm -hmm. You're exposed to it. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're taught to, to see things in a, in a spectrum that allows you to limit yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of what he taps into and just having that, that free will to do that. Mm. And that's kind of been a part of my transition too, because it's just like, yeah, no, mm -mm. I don't, I don't have a displacement with that. You did. And I just took that on because I felt like in the vital years of my subconscious development, that was what was, what, I was supposed to do that's how i'm supposed to react when i see this this is what i'm supposed to think when i experience this this is how i'm supposed to feel yeah when this reaction happens this is how i need to act and yeah. vice versa and things of that nature so it's just about ultimately tapping into the authenticity of your individuality mm. and i think that's so important because you find yourself just living up to the expectations of other people yes and you're just ultimately sending yourself down the slippery slope to your own like self demise because you're not having those different type of actions where you're conducting yourself out of self love, self worth, self determination, self discipline, yeah. self esteem, self confidence, you know, all of these things because you're like, okay, it's it's now become a group thing. Yes. And you're subjecting yourself to this group thing mm -hmm. because you're just like, all right, cool. It, it works because we can maneuver through this easier. It, it's easier to take the load on if it's divided. Yeah. And we're reaching this ultimate level of codependency and we just adapt to it. Yeah. You don't realize you have a codependency until you realize, oh, shit. <laughs> if this person removes themselves, I'm completely fucked. And that is ultimately the importance of being able to to sit down with yourself and be like, yeah, we need to process this and we need to, we need to re categorize some things. And, um, I wanted to talk on that briefly when you were, um, speaking about the representation that you have for yourself as, you know, walking as in the light of being a King, but you weren't actually doing the work and, you know, it just wasn't accessible. I think it's important for us to have molds and, um, mm -hmm. uh, some kind of silhouette of the person that we want to be. Yes. But we need to be willing to realize that when we step into that, yes, there can also be something else that's in front of it. And just always remember that it's okay to continue to step into these newer versions of yourself, but you have to put in that work. Like mm -hmm. it's, it isn't a matter of, all right, I want to pray for wisdom and you just wake up and it's granted to you or it's delivered to you. It's, it's about putting in that work to obtain that. And ultimately, the maintenance of it, which is also very important. It's just like once you get it, you, it's not something you just put on display for everyone to like acknowledge. It's not like a, a badge or a stripe. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a work. It's a, and you embody that. Yeah. You conduct yourself out of that. Yeah. You are taking, you're reclaiming the power to your perception. Mm. And that in itself is so important because it, it in itself, it teaches people how to treat you. Mm. 
you know it sets the stage for the boundaries where people know like you can't you can't do that and not expect you can't say that and not expect you can't you can't take that and not expect you know it's about making sure you're allocating accountability where it's supposed to because a lot of people do a lot of the blame thing they, yeah. they point the finger and then the last person they do it to is themselves yeah. and then they take away from themselves by not even realizing okay this 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 didn't work out for me and completely neglecting that they're the common denominator Nominator. in it you, you know I, I got my first tattoo in 2019 I'm gonna show it to you and it was because of a man who probably was the, one of the few consistent male influences in my life had passed away and I wanted to get a whole nother thing as my first tattoo for years right but for some reason I really felt compelled to dedicate this first one to him and what it is is a saying that he said to me literally one time and I never forgot it in one conversation and it's right here and it says you always control your perception and what he meant to convey when he spoke that into me was Never, never blame anyone for how they treat you. How did you show up in that space? What did you do? Because if you are this person who everyone respects, something about you, you made that happen. You made that a thing. If you're a person who where people disrespect, you allow for this to be. Never push the blame of how you are and how you're presenting yourself because you control that. No one has more control over who you are and how you, how your presentation will be other than you. So dress how you want to dress. Be how you want to be. Present how you want to present and be have the energy you want to have. And uh, I put it in the circle. Honestly, for really the only reason I did that was because his name is Orange. So I did it in an O. Mm-hmm. But what's crazy enough, at, once I started showing people, they was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Because it's, it's like, full yeah, you know, yeah. and it's just like, it's so it's like a perspective thing, too. Yeah. And I was like... Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> Incidentally, for real, for real. But um, I'm glad you went that way with it. And and we can wrap up on this. Because I have a concept that I think, because uh, I really, truly feel like if I've gotten anything out of a year and some change of therapy, new acquaintances that I've met who have truly um, given me new tools that I can use into my life, uh new practices that I feel like I'm adopting into into my my everyday ritual um, and just the new version of myself that I'm really kind of rolling out the welcome wagon for you know perspective really has helped me and guided me a lot in that and I think uh, it's always crazy when I get that beautiful whimsical simple perspective to make every complex, convoluted action or anxiety that I had to why something can be seem damn near like, damn, I guess it don't matter. I guess it ain't a thing. <laughs> I would love if you could speak to what you feel like the value of perspective is. Because for me, I truly feel like that is the start to, um, that is a start and that is a piece of, I guess, a, one of the starting things, the starting elements of Gaining your own personal freedom, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, 
think it's mostly important to realize that the only validation you need is your own. Mm-hmm. And once you begin to put that as like your main priority, yes, you no longer want to tr- control other people's perspective of you. I think we all have had the a year's conditioning of generating different masks of facades that yeah. we present to people. Yeah. Um, particularly in the black community. And we can even say just as a human race, because, you know, you want to step into a situation and you want to be perceived one way and you want to be able to present yourself in a certain way. But it's just like how much of your authenticity will allow you to curate a generalized perception that's rooted in the discernment of you knowing how much or how little to give of yourself Mm. in any situation. You know, how well are you able to tap into the central energy in a space and know, okay, cool. Maybe I should not come up in this, but this motherfucker doing ohms, burning some fucking Palo Santo and Sage and tell everybody to gather around in a circle. Yeah. It's like, bitch, you just walked into the fucking club. It's a strip club. We're not doing that. Yeah. But it's, you know, just in the, in the simplicity dynamics of that, it's just like, how well can you discern how much energy energy to exert and not find yourself overwhelmed not find yourself feeling drained yeah. because it, it, it begins to affect you know your neurological system mm. and that's what causes people's aura to require so much sleep yeah um, because you just you need to rejuvenate you need to recharge but in that sense it's just like perspective is only relative in the content of what you're familiar with if you've only been exposed to a certain magnitude of any situation, that's just about as far as your perspective goes. Yeah. Um, if you and I were standing on the horizon looking at the sea, I can't see far worth the shit. So if I take my glasses off, my perspective is going to be completely different from yours. Mm-hmm. But that's just as far as the content of my eyes will allow me to go. Mm-hmm. So you bring that in and you apply that to every generalized um, situation in which perspectives are found to be relative, yeah. then you're going to realize that, okay, it doesn't matter. And I think that's when we start to push this kind of open territory for people to come into things with their own perspectives. Mm-hmm. And it just be that. Yes. We won't need to find the, the need to combat it mm-hmm. or try to push our agenda and mm-hmm. our perspective to get someone to alter theirs so that we no longer have to test their character based off of our morals and our beliefs. Yeah. And you and I spoke about that last time when we was like, you know, how often do you challenge your beliefs? Mm -hmm. And I think in that sense, it kind of adds into perspective because how you perceive me is entitled. You're completely entitled to that in your own interpretation. Do you go crazy? Go crazy. Do you think? <laughs> because I'm standing so steadfast in it that eventually either A is going to be wrong or two, I'm going to prove you right. And in any case, it doesn't, nec- it doesn't matter because it's, it doesn't cause me to live in breath. Yes. You know, it doesn't cause me to live in death. Yes. And all of those things in itself is just like realizing that the outer validation that we seek, it holds no relevancy when it comes to you weighing the heart against the feather. Mm. Um, because you can't say, well, my intentions didn't exactly level up to the frequency of my desire because everybody in the fucking tribe didn't agree with it yeah. or their perspectives didn't 
allow for me to feel confident enough to execute that. Yeah. Well, no, you were dishonest. No, you were not intentional. Yeah. You weren't genuine. You weren't sincere. Yeah. Those are how we allow ourselves to walk in accountability next to the consequences of our actions. Mm. And I think that once we stop, you know, limiting ourselves to the barriers and boundaries of everyone's perceptions that we tacked onto the tacked onto this invisible wall that we walk behind as we guide towards our better future and our greater selves, that whole wall just disappears. Mm-hmm. And so do those validations, so do those perceptions, mm-hmm. and it just leaves us up with this open space of inspiration, motivation, and ultimately having the ability to put out the energy that we want to come back, and it be unfiltered. And that's when I think people will start to see the turnaround in their manifestation a little bit faster. I think that, damn. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to really go back and listen to that too, and <laughs> because I know, I know, because you, you, you definitely took that exactly where I needed you to, and I feel, feel good about everything that you've uh, given to the people, given to me. Um, I truly want to continue to talk about this too, and. Um, I can't wait because you've already at the top of the episode you already got me excited about whatever is next to come for you um and I really am excited even with so much vagueness still excited um but I have to say this to you that um you are the I think first example of me acknowledging that I may have a kindred spirit in this world, right? And it truly feels good to see and feel things and feel um, like you're in good company within those emotions and that journey. Um, and so your perspective has always been appreciated and I will always have so much love for you because of it. Um, because I know that you're being you. And no matter how much we speak, I think every time we do, it's always so um, hearty, so plentiful. And I enjoy it for the for the reasons of. I think I like I like living in that sense of whimsy, not knowing where it's going to go, not knowing what reactions, what I'm going to learn, what I'm going to say. Because I feel like quite often I'm not in those spaces where you can truly just be mm. and um, not have to think however many times or consider like, well, let me not say this. Let me, I don't know. Because, mm. you know, people love sensitive or people might, you know, might not understand or it might take too much to explain and break this down or just the, what the relationship is. Um, and I truly admire that about our connection. And, uh, and I thank you everything that you've given me given this platform and um what you'll continuously give this platform as well because i don't plan to stop anytime soon you know what i'm saying and this is a tradition down there at this point yeah yeah around this time it's like yeah. january february yeah, it comes yeah and yeah, like yeah. Right and it, it, it has to it has to but uh i want you to um inform the people give the people anything that you would like for them to do uh with you support you in any way and we can wrap this thing on up um 
I think it kind of harnesses in on the um, the thing that I said I was going to discuss with you after air. But um, okay. just, just um, yeah, um, if you enjoy the content of my verbiage and my vernacular and um, all that it embodies, um, I definitely encourage you to follow me on my social media. I'm going to be kind of harnessing it in a very uh, creative way. And I think that from there people will no longer need to re-listen for the gems that they want to take down. They'll actually have it in their physical possession. And that's where I'm going to leave yeah. it at. That's, that's okay. Leave it at. Uh, yeah, let's do yeah, it. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's all I'm going to say because I definitely caught the drift. And yeah, yeah, we definitely going to have to come bring it back because I'm, work, I'm working on some things myself. I'll tell you about it too once we take turn this shit off. But, uh, <laughs> so... Thank you, thank you, thank you yet again. Uh, you can um, truly, truly, continuously follow and support the podcast by way of following me at Kings underscore memoirs on all social media platforms. You can follow the podcast at Simply King Pod uh, on IG. You can like like the Facebook page even, you know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's something that people still be on. And uh, you can listen to the Simply King podcast everywhere podcasts are streamed. Make sure that you like that shit. Make sure that you review that shit. Make sure that you share that shit most definitely. This is family-sized content, and you be so guilty and so mad at yourself. You sit there and eat that whole bag of chips by yourself, and I give not a chip to no one else. Share the love, all right? This is the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being humans. I'm Rodney Perry. This was the Incomparable V, and this is Simply King. Peace. Oh,